You're listening to a sermon from the Langley Canadian Reformed Church. We hope you'll find it to be spiritually edifying. We continue to hear the Word of God this afternoon in the Old and New Testaments. First from Isaiah chapter 6. In the year that King Isaiah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphs, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphs flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I. Send me. Continue reading in Revelation 7, beginning at verse 9. After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen, praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders asked me, These in white robes, who are they? And where did they come from? I answered, Sir, you know. And he said, These are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve Him day and night in His temple. And He who sits on the throne will spread His tent over them. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat upon them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. When he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. And I saw the seven angels who stand before God. And to them were given seven trumpets. Another angel, who had a golden censer, came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar before the throne. The smoke of the incense, together with the prayers of the saints, went up before God from the angel's hand. 
Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar, and hurled it on the earth. And there came peals of thunder, rumblings, flashes of lightning, and an earthquake. We consider the first petition of the Lord's Prayer this afternoon as we confess that in Lord's Day 47 of the Heidelberg Catechism. What is the first petition? Hallowed be thy name. That is, grant us, first of all, that we may rightly know thee and sanctify, glorify, and praise thee in all thy works in which shine forth thy almighty power, wisdom, goodness, righteousness, mercy, and truth. Grant us also that we may so direct our whole life, our thoughts, words, and actions, that thy name is not blasphemed because of us, but always honored and praised. As our response to the ministry of the word, as we confess that, let us sing number 26 from the augment to the hymnary. That's not uh, hymn 47 as you find that in the bulletin and on the boards. Rather, hymn 26 from the augment. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing my great Redeemer's praise. Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, Ned was a very happy boy and loved his mother dearly. He was also rather careless and rough sometimes. One fall afternoon, he tumbled into his mother's flower bed after a ball he had accidentally kicked there and trampled on some of Mum's favorite calla lilies. Mum saw this. She knew that Ned loved her. He not only constantly praised her for how beautiful she was, he also told her often, to her delight, how beautiful her flowers were. Mum called Ned inside, placed a few pieces of stiff cardboard on the table, and told him to make three signs, which read, Please don't step on Mum's beautiful flowers. She then stapled them to small stakes and told Ned to go post them in the garden. Ned threw his arms around Mum, asked forgiveness for trampling her calla lilies, his lesson learned, and carefully posted the signs for his mum. Now think about that for a moment. Any neighbor who happened to see Ned trample his mum's calla lilies would have considered him a little hypocrite for posting the signs a few minutes later. How dare he? Didn't he just spoil mum's beautiful garden? And any observer who hears us praying, hallowed be your name, might have a similar response, especially when they hear us confessing the words of Lord's Day 47. For that matter, anyone who knows we go to church to worship God might respond that way. Our neighbors, people we work with, people we go to school with, Here's this guy who's just cut me off as he was speeding down 200th Street and and now he's turning into the church parking lot. How dare he? 
Ned disqualified himself from making signs for Mum's garden. Joe Churchgoer disqualified himself from entering the church parking lot. And we all, weekly, daily, hourly, disqualify ourselves from praying the first petition of the Lord's Prayer. Hallowed be your name. Isaiah and the people of Israel disqualified themselves from entering the temple of the Lord for they had foul mouths and filthy hearts, as Isaiah said. Isaiah was ruined before God's throne and he knew it. Remember what he said as we read in Isaiah 6? Woe to me, I cried, says Isaiah. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. We can imagine how people might have asked one another later, especially those who know Isaiah, who knew Isaiah personally, who does Isaiah think he is to speak for God? Especially all these strong words after the things we've heard him say. In fact, indicting whispers rise from every page of Scripture, pointing fingers. Moses, haven't you heard what he once did? He once murdered an Egyptian and now he's telling Israel, you shall not murder. Rahab. Oh yes, she seems like a very pious woman. But didn't you know, Susie, that she used to be a prostitute? You wonder how she dares darken the door of a synagogue. Down the hallway, we hear the gentle sounds of a lyre and the strong, sweet voice of David singing psalms, ones he's composed. Oh yeah, that's right, Jediah cackles. Was that before or after his affair with Bathsheba? He's a brave guy, isn't he? Pretending to be such an angel, playing songs of Israel. Over in a small courtyard in Nazareth, we hear Gail and Eliza having a chat as they strain olive oil together. Mary, the husband of Joseph, yes, she seems so sweet and demure and never misses afternoon prayer. But oh, wait till you hear the story I heard. And yonder in Cappadocia, a group of Jews is huddled together at the doorway of synagogue talking about the letter that Peter has just sent to them. Remember what Peter warned a young man named Benjamin says. The devil is going around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Yeah, says Mendel. Peter should know. Didn't Jesus call him Satan once? That's what I've heard. Who dares pray, hallowed be your name? God's name is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. That is the indictment of Holy Scripture. 
the indictment under which we all stand condemned, not only these people we've mentioned. We know that it's speaking about each one of us. What's worse for us is that it's true. With Ned, we're inclined to go hide a little while from mum's noticing gaze. With Isaiah, we say, woe is me. With Peter, we say, get away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. You don't want me to be praying for the holiness of your name because I'm the farthest thing away from holiness myself. But then, remember what prayer is, brothers and sisters. Prayer is a matter of speaking the spoken. Jesus has spoken the Lord's prayer, and that's the only reason we may speak it. Jesus has taught us the Lord's prayer, and that's why we dare utter it. We need help, each one of us. And we certainly need help to pray for the holiness of God's name when we do such a bad job of keeping God's name holy. And Jesus gives us that help by by teaching us to pray for what we do not have, to ask for what we cannot get by ourselves, to plead for what we are lacking. We only dare speak this petition because it has been spoken by Christ. We only dare pray this petition because Christ has already paid it, prayed it for us. And He continues to do so. Even between 200th Street and here. Even between the infelicities of Friday night and the pious worship of Sunday afternoon. Yes, we are unholy. Look a lot like Ned, putting up signs that we ourselves haven't yet learned to obey. And we can all identify with churchgoer, I hope, Joe churchgoer, as we pull into the church parking lot with a guilty glance in the rearview mirror. Rahab wasn't the only one cringing at the stories that were circulating about her. But you see, brothers and sisters, before we pray, hallowed be your name, Jesus prays something. Jesus prays in the words of John 17, sanctify them, Father. In other words, make them holy. Sanctify Ned. Make him holy. Sanctify Theo. Make him holy. Sanctify Mary and Jill. Make them holy. That's what Jesus prays. And God hears Jesus because Jesus has washed them in His blood. Jesus has washed those who believe in Him in His blood. Yes, Jesus shed His blood for bratty little boys. 
Jesus shed his blood for women who were once brazen prostitutes. Jesus shed his blood to forgive us, to clean us up, to make us holy. So we pray this petition, not because it's our right, not because we are worthy, not because we've been doing such a good job at it ourselves. We pray this petition because it's a gift to us. And that's why we say with Lord's Day 47, grant us first of all that we may rightly know Thee. And later grant us also that we may so direct our whole life that Your name is honored. This petition is a gift from God. A gift from Jesus who taught it to us. It's a gift that we're allowed to pray, hallowed be your name. We pray this petition not because we've behaved so well. We pray this petition because we've believed that our bad behavior is no longer held against us and we don't want to be that way anymore. Trampled cow lilies, rear view mirrors, and juicy gossip notwithstanding. We pray this prayer because of Jesus who has sanctified us by His Spirit. In fact, Jesus doesn't only ask the Father to sanctify us who are guilty of having blasphemed His name. He also prays that God would protect us with the very name that we have mocked. In that same chapter I cited earlier, John 17, this is the prayer of Jesus. Holy Father, protect them by the power of Your name, the name You gave Me. When we pray, hallowed be Your name, then we are praying, brothers and sisters, for the name under which we are protected. Baptism is really the sign that we're under the protection of the divine name. We are baptized into the name that is hallowed. We are baptized into the name of the Holy God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God has spread His tent over us is what our baptisms remind us. And that's why we can have boldness to pray for God's name to be holy. Because it is the name under which we ourselves are protected. You see, brothers and sisters, we would be undone. We would be dead. Destroyed. Finished. As surely as Isaiah, had it not been for God's mercy. But Jesus speaks and the dead arise. His blood makes the foulest sinner clean. The brat a saint. The prostitute a queen. He bled for us. So, we are healed. He died for us. 
And so we live. He prays for us. And so we pray. He has spoken to the Father, and that's why we too dare to speak. With such a Father who would not dare to. My gracious Master and my God, assist me to proclaim, to spread through all the earth abroad the honors of your name. Amen. This has been a sermon from the Langley Canadian Reformed Church. For more information, please visit us on the web at www.langleycanrc.org.